Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Today, I have Anna Parker Naples joining me and Anna is a best-selling author and host of Entrepreneurs Get Visible podcast. Welcome, Anna. Hey, Amy. Great to be here. Well, it's a real treat and I'm so excited to share your why, your focus on why with our audience today. Yeah, and it's kind of a big story. So when we were discussing before we started recording exactly what we were going to cover, Amy said, what was the one pivotal moment? And there's been so many, which hopefully we're going to kind of delve into a little bit today. Definitely. So let's share with the audience what it is you're doing right now. Right now, I am helping entrepreneurs, coaches, leaders, experts to launch powerful podcasts so that they can get visible. That's one of my catchphrases. So that they can get visible, so they can show people that they are leading the way so that they can reach more people so that there can then be that ripple effect. Very often the people I'm speaking to are ambitious, but they have something important to share, be it mindset knowledge, financial knowledge, be it relationship coaching, something that could transform someone's life if they heard the message. And that's something that's close to your heart because of that transformation that you've gone through, which we're going to share with everyone today, because it hasn't always been that you've been so focused on what you're doing. No, 10, 10 years ago now, I was told that I was never going to walk again. I was pregnant with my third child. And before I'd had children, I'd been an actress. And to get that news to expect that the rest of your life you're going to be wheelchair bound it was just devastating. I'm a very naturally energetic person. And the idea that I was not going to be that version of myself was very, very painful. And I realized after a while that I couldn't stay in that depression, that resentment, that anger about it. So I decided that I would go and see a hypnotherapist who actually did was a neurolinguistic programming practitioner. And it was that moment, that one hour I spent with him in that chair that started the catalysts rolling, which changed everything for me. Have you ever gone back to explain to him? I wrote to him when I published my first book, Get Visible. Just, just say, I want you to know that a lot of this is down to you. And he did write back to me briefly. He's very coy about it all. I, I think in total, I had maybe four or five sessions with him. And then I explored the world of neurolinguistic programming and I've trained in it and I became a master NLP practitioner. And the more that I learned about myself and how I think, which is essentially what neurolinguistic programming is, with the things we think, the things we say, the things we don't say about ourselves, the more I understood about myself, the more I wanted to get out and help other people to experience this in some way, to experience some transformation in some way. So to go back on that a little bit, that one session showed me how much I was sabotaging myself with my own language. And whilst I went into that session because I was angry about being in a wheelchair, it actually transpired that there was a lot of real negative stuff I was saying about myself, my acting career, my relationships, my family, 
the fact that I felt resentful that I'd become pregnant unexpectedly and blaming everybody else, but carrying this, just this weight and this heaviness all of the time. And it was the first person to ever really point out what my language was doing to my state of mind. And one of the things that I would often talk about was how stuck I felt and how overlooked I felt. And I started to realize that many of my own actions had meant that I would be overlooked. Many of the things I said and did and my own belief systems meant that I would notice when I was overlooked and almost brace myself ready for that to happen. And I really believe that had I not had that conversation that day, I would not have realized I could choose to recover. And I, I was very fortunate in that I wasn't paralyzed in, in any way. It was, it was much more about how my bones and joints were working or not working. And we basically at home from that day forward changed our language. I stopped talking and complaining about what was going on physically. And within three weeks, I was back on my feet, not fully recovered, but I proved that how I thought about myself and how I used my language intentionally and how I used the power of thought intentionally intentionally could, could change everything. And a byproduct of that really was that I realized that the career I'd always wanted to have as, a, as an internationally acclaimed performer, that I'd been the one sabotaging that. It hadn't been anyone else's fault. So... At this point, I realized that look, if I don't ever recover, well, I could work from home as a voice actor. I've always, people have always, my whole life said, I love hearing your voice. You should, you should work in voice. You should do something with radio. And I set about learning everything I could in order to be a voice actor. And that, that journey just developed and it, it all came together very quickly and very easily. And with, within a year, not only had I fully recovered, but I was working for as a voiceover artist for, for making commercials for brands all over the world, leading brands all over the world, and particularly in the US, which just 12 months before had just not been on the cards and not even feasible. And, and from there, my whole audio career really snowballed as my children were very young. I ended up really focusing on the, the, the audio drama side of things. So audio dramas, uh, radio dramas, video gaming as well. A lot of high profile video games, some things behind the scenes in Hollywood movies in terms of motion capture. And then really I found my feet, my feet inside audiobooks and particularly audiobooks of British authors into really high profile British authors but that they would use a separate publishing team for the audio over in America. And as a result of that, I, at the time I felt kind of astonished, but I, I cornered this niche completely and utterly. And so I was constantly up for awards in New York, Chicago, and in Hollywood. And it was kind of insane. And I, I think that the reason that that happened, the reason I had so much success was because I'd gone from saying, I'm not, pos I'm not going to get jobs. I'm not going to ever be good enough. People are going to overlook me. I decided that I was going to be among the best in that industry. And it was having that attitude about it that changed everything. Because instead of seeing things as a threat or a danger or rejection, I started to see everything as an opportunity, a game, something that was an adventure. And if you ha th those, two, those two thought processes are completely different. 
And so life has and continues to be an adventure and a game. And I don't worry about not achieving. And as a result of not worrying about not achieving, I do achieve quite astonishing results. That's an incredible story. And, you know, just learning how you stop playing small or, or stopped yourself from thinking or resenting things, seeing other people's achievements. And that's a drive that actually manifested. Instead of feeling frustrated and angry and envious, you turn that right around and use those feelings to your benefit. Yeah, so even now, we were talking off air, if, I, if, if there's something I see that I feel, I notice I have feelings of envy or jealousy, I really, really tap into that now, mm. not to dwell on the anger, but to start to think, what's this telling me? What is it I want to be doing? And one of the things that we discussed is I've just now finished writing my second book, which is called Podcast with Impact, which hopefully will be launched in the not too distant future. And I've written all of it whilst we've been in lockdown. Now, the reason that I went back into this audio field and there's a, I'm missing a huge chunk of the story out here was because I read a book last summer that was so bad about podcasting and about audio that it made me very angry. And it was by someone quite respected within the entrepreneurial spaces. And I was so angry and irritated that someone could put out such shoddy, quali shoddy quality content, but it wasn't really about them. The point was that I had all of this knowledge and all of this ability that I was sitting on. And sometimes I, I think what I've learned to do is be grateful for the moments that make me irritated and annoyed because they're pointing me in another direction that I can embrace. And, and as a result of that one book that cost me £11.99 and was the single worst book I have ever read in my life, I now have a very lovely income as a result of the podcast membership, as a, as a result of one-to-one -one clients who come to me for podcasting. It spurred me on to start my, my second podcast, Entrepreneurs Get Visible, which had astonishing success when it launched. And, and now I've written a book about it. And I know that people who read my book won't be thinking, this isn't good enough because I know that I want to enable other people to have the skills I have because that's how we make the world a better place. You should be grateful for that. £11.99 because look where it's taken you. Best money I've ever spent on the worst book I've ever read. That's a great return on investment for sure. You know, leaving and blaming the rest of the world to having a very clear why. Share with me what your main driver is behind your purpose of your why. During the final part of my Master NLP practitioner training, the very last day, it's a month-long training, the very last day you become the guinea pig where someone is going to use all of the techniques in the Master NLP practitioner suite plus some hypnotherapy, very advanced hypnotherapy on you. You are that guinea pig. And they, we ended up doing a session that went on for nearly 12 hours because the deal is once you start, you're going to come through to have a very powerful breakthrough in some way. And for me, every time I went in, and you're, you go quite deep into trance, I kept coming to this vision that I was on this mountain and that actually I was a leader. I just hadn't realized that I was a leader. And that what my job was, was to look out, to get up that hill, get up that mountain, get off the treadmill of whatever that treadmill looks like, get up that mountain. And when I'm there, I'm not on my own because I can see out onto 
into the distance with the other mountaintops and see that there are other leaders in the distance, all of them waving their flags, all of them, maybe they have their, their megaphone, but they too are getting their own people to wake up and, and come up the mountain with them. And I feel very much that my journey from disabled, depressed, angry to at the very top of, yes, a very niche industry, but one of the hardest industries to crack in the world, in Hollywood, I feel that that journey, that there was a message in that journey that I could share for other people. We learn through story. So if, if, if I stopped telling that story, if I didn't tell that story, I couldn't then use what I'd been through to help other people. And it's interesting now because I had this moment when I was in Hollywood, I was up for my seventh award and they were taking photographs on the red carpet. And I can remember literally as he was taking the photographs, just having this vision that this it, enough was enough. I wasn't just going to share other people's words that I had a bigger story that I needed to tell. I needed to get on stages to tell it. I needed to write books to tell it. I needed to say my own words. At this point, podcasting wasn't even on the agenda, but that I wanted to coach people, to mentor people, to have dramatic changes in their life. And I, th I thought at first that I, I, I didn't know what that was going to look like. I didn't know anyone else in the coaching industry, in the entrepreneurial spaces. I knew nothing, but I felt very purposeful that I was meant to be guiding other people. And I sat on it for a couple of months thinking, I don't know what this looks like, but I feel as though I'm done recording audio dramas and audio books. I, I felt like I, that journey had been so powerful for me and created so much opportunity for me, but that I was done with it. And, and it's interesting talking about this now, because as we record, I'm sitting in my, my home studio, which used to be our airing cupboard. And it was the only place in the house that fitted the wheelchair, because although I was able to walk in three weeks, it actually took me a good couple of years to recover. So where I'm sitting right now is actually an important part of my journey. And it was that feeling that I just had to use my own words to help people. I didn't know what that would look like. And at that point, I decided that I would try and reach out to mums in some way. So I started a business from scratch with no idea at all called Inspiring Mummy Club. And I made so many mistakes, so many mistakes. I couldn't really get the traction and I couldn't really understand because I knew I had this message that could help people. And I think that in in trying to help people, I was trying to tackle the wrong people. Actually, what makes me tick is people who have already, if you like, instead of being in the dirt, knowing that they're in the dirt or, or they don't know that they, things can change. I like working with people who do have a, a glimmer of ambition, who are potentially, you know, those new buds coming up through the soil because I can take them and I can help them grow. And very quickly, I would say within six months to a year of launching that business, which on paper did very, very well, I knew that I had got my messaging slightly wrong. I was feeling really constrained by talking to just mums. And I say just mums, not negating being a mother. I'm a mother of three. But that I felt that my message was too powerful. And now I, I work with leaders and I work with emerging and aspiring leaders 
and for me, that's very rewarding because I know that if I can help emerging aspiring leaders and experts to get their messages out there, then it's effectively like handing the megaphone to someone who's going to climb that mountain and help other people get out of the dirt. And I know there's some, some great analogies in there, but um, that's really what my work is about. And I think long term, I want to be helping people get their books out there, getting on stages, showing them all of the background that I have in terms of performance. I know how to craft a great talk. I know how to have stage presence. Some of that's, some of that's natural ability and some of it's learned. And I feel very much now that much of my, my life up until when I had children and, and then found out I was, I was potentially going to be disabled, so much of that was like training for what I do now. But if you'd asked me at age 25, did I think I would do anything other than acting? And I'd have said, no, there's, there's no way this is it for me for life. But actually, it's the things I didn't achieve in that career that have given me the biggest insights and the biggest why. There are reasons why that career didn't work for me, because I was playing small. And from moving from being stuck and resentful into this fantastic positive space... What have you found to be the most rewarding? I find it rewarding when I see somebody that I've worked with and supported go from not really knowing how to grow a business, not really knowing or recognising the abilities that they have, to just owning it and the difference that that can make. So for example, I've got a client at the moment, I know she's very good. I know she's one of the best in the UK at what she does in a very, very niche field. She's been refusing to accept that. So every time someone compliments her about her work, she'll say, oh no, I'm not that good. She's worked with all of the leading people around the world in her, her industry, and yet she'll downplay it. Now, since we've been working together, and also, as a result of that, then wasn't earning the kind of money that's sitting there waiting because she is one of the world's leading experts. She just hasn't owned it. And as a result of working with me, not only has she kind of built her tribe, so she's got those people, she's got that megaphone. She understands now the mechanisms to do it. She's podcasting. She is understanding the business mechanics to build her tribe to monetize her own business. She feels much more worthy because she's able to charge more, which gives her more gravitas, which gives her more credibility. And it all feeds into, into things. It all feeds into itself to enable her then to support other people in that industry to grow and expand and have the knowledge that she has. So it's that, it's that ripple effect really keeps me going. And what if you hadn't have got out of that wheelchair? I'd still be a really... I'd be putting a smile on a lot of things, holding a lot mm. of anger and resentment. I don't, I don't think I would have recovered. I think without, the, without neurolinguistic programming, without hypnotherapy, without the, a conscious use of language, I would still be disabled. I would have believed that I couldn't recover because a doctor had told me. I would have felt angry. I doubt that we'd still be married because I was so angry and resentful, always with a smile. It's that, but it was, it was really inside how I felt about myself. I wouldn't have half the income, not even a fraction of it. I would probably have tried going back into performing on stage and I wouldn't have got anywhere because I wouldn't have believed that I could have, even though I really wanted it. So life, life would not be the way it is now. 
what one of the things that drives me is that my children see me create whatever area of business I want to create and they see me go hard at it they see me determined to work through the failure I have many things that I've done that haven't worked and I keep finding well what's the thing I've got to learn here what have I got to learn what's this teaching me and it's my willingness to do that and throw myself at whatever project I'm going into for as long as it feels right that enables me to have the growth that I have had um, so, so now I support in any given year, a good few hundred people, uh, in terms of increasing their visibility or in, in terms of getting their message out there in some way, whether that's working one-to-one or in my memberships or my masterminds. And, and that's, that's really rewarding. And then when I, when I released my first book, which felt like it felt such a journey to share everything that I had uncovered about myself it's a very vulnerable open book about my journey but it's also very practical in the things that once you've got over yourself the things you can actually do to make a difference in your own industry in your own field to stand out quickly getting that book out there felt incredibly raw because it was everything that I'd uncovered over that last 10-year journey And the interesting thing is that once it was out there, I get messages on an almost daily basis from people who read it and Mm. um, are touched by it. And I think that was always what I wanted it to do. So stripping yourself back and being vulnerable to the audience has actually helped you with your voice and your visibility. And that's something you've shown and demonstrated and ironically, you know, where you thought you'd outgrown your void audio, your sort of voice background, actually, that's now becoming again your main focus. And people had always told you right from the start when you were young that it was your voice and yet you didn't let it out publicly. Interestingly, one of the things that would often be said to me was that my voice, I sound young. And that always mm. felt like a criticism that I was a little girl. And in, on the one hand, that's what got me a lot of audio work, particularly in the US. But to to feel as though you sound like a young girl, when actually you want, as a, as a young ad, actor, I wanted the parts that gave me lots of gravitas. I used to worry that my voice wasn't enough, mm. right? That my accent wasn't as posh or proper as it could be as a classical actress. But actually, I think it's my ability to go with the flow and let myself speak, let myself have my natural exuberance and also know those moments to bring it down and bring it close and bring it in that actually makes what I do quite appealing now. So my work now predominantly is about is through my podcast. That's the main way through Entrepreneurs Get Visible that people will find me. My, my podcast is quite popular in the US particularly. And again, it's that they like a British voice and... Mm. And I know that, that that because my voice gets out into other places that I impact people's lives. And, and I love now that as with the podcast membership and coaching people how to do this and make it work for their business, that there are so many people around the world who will be reached and touched that the podcast hosts won't even know they've done it, but it will. It's that ripple effect that as a result of me deciding to go on that audio journey and get to the top of an audio field all those years ago when I was broken. And how does that feel to know that you are literally changing people's lives? 
I think it's everything. I think it's everything beyond beyond being a mother, beyond family. Uh, it gives me incredible sense of purpose. Because, yeah, I was going to say, is that your highest purpose? My highest purpose. <laughs> my highest purpose is to awaken. And part of being, uh, here we go, this is the get visible. Part of to awaken is to turn the lights on. <laughs> I think that we are, many of us are incredible beings. And we are not allowing ourselves to be those incredible beings. And I feel when I completed that master NLP training and I realized that I was a leader, that was the moment I felt switched on. And that's when I decided I would do all I could to become visible, to guide other people to become more visible for themselves so that we could then reach more get our voices out there be seen be heard be remembered and that remembering that that's often a catchphrase I use be seen be heard be remembered it's that remembering it's about remembering who we are it's about remembering that we have so much more potential that we're filled with light that we are here to do more than live on our, our, our as you said earlier on our sofas watching tv in any given moment we can choose to have and be and do more now I say this <laughs> knowing full well I really like watching EastEnders so it's a balance it's a balance how do we balance those things that are about us reaching and achieving and being our full potential and living a life in the in the way that we are living life now in in the 21st century how do we balance those things up and and that's why other leaders, our work is needed because not everyone understands. Not everyone understands how to look after finances or how to look after mental health or how to parent children well. And the fact that I now have podcast hosts who are international top ranking shows that are helping people in all different fields is very, very rewarding. And I think what I've really heard from you today is how the lowest points in your life and the highest points in your life have served you equally and taken you on this journey. And you wouldn't be doing what you're doing had you not experienced both those highs and those lows. Yeah, I would say that. I think when I, when I have incredible highs and I've reached various pinnacles, in some ways it makes me think, well, this, this isn't what I thought it would be. And so what is more? Not because I'm dissatisfied, but the reality is not quite what you ever envisage. And it, I guess it's that striving for more. And I think as, as humans, we are looking for more, looking for expansion. Mm -hmm. We are being, we are here to expand and to create. And I don't know what I'll be doing in five years time because my life five years ago was completely different and it doesn't matter, but it's about deciding that whatever direction I go in at any given time, I'm going to do that to the best of my ability, to the fullest of my ability for as long as it serves me, as long as it interests me and it, as long as it brings me joy, which is very different to a previous version of me, which would sit on all sorts of things I wanted, feeling angry and resentful that I couldn't because I might be judged. And I think that's a really powerful message for people to take away, that to focus on your own journey, focus on your own things and not worry about what anyone else is doing and really think about your own purpose and put together your own plan. 
But really importantly, focus on your own why. Why are you doing what you're doing? And if it's not sitting right, I mean, you've mentioned all sorts of words of feeling trapped, being stuck and all those other negativities. But the moment when you transitioned into the the positive words, that was when you unlocked your potential. I literally went in our house. We. I went from constantly saying, oh, I'm sorry, I can't look after the kids and I'm in so much pain and my body hurts and I'm so embarrassed and I'm sorry and I look a mess. That was literally my diatribe constantly to my husband, to my parents, to anyone who came in to help me. I used to have a lot of friends who cared for me. My four-year-old helped care for me. We decided that we were going to turn that off. And I literally did it as a result of that conversation. Instead, we had this mechanism where I would say to my husband once, I'm having a healing day today. And that would be the only thing I would say. And I it would mean that my husband then had to organize the childcare, sort out food, sort out everything. And I was not allowed, I would not speak to anybody about it because I knew that once I went down that road again, that I would feel bad, that I would be focusing on the bad. (laughs) And there's a big difference between talking about pain and talking about healing. And when you start thinking about healing, it's about opportunity. So that, that one switch I say one switch, I'm not going to pretend it was easy, but I could see, I had this glimmer that I could change how things felt. And that was the only, that was the only thing I had that, that could have made my situation better. Only I could have made my situation better. And once I'd realized the power of that language change, that actually you can choose to do and be and say anything, well, then why aren't I doing this in other areas of my life? And don't get me wrong, it's not like everything is, is like roses at home. I'm still screaming banshee at the kids when I need to be and when we're in lockdown for weeks on end. But very often now, I will catch myself. What is, it, what is it I'm saying here? Do I want to keep saying that? Is it serving me? Or actually, is there other language that would support me? And I, instead of now saying to myself, well, I can't and I don't know if I'll get there quick enough or I won't get the results I want. For me now, it's much more like, well, this is going to be fun. How am I going to do it? And how quickly can, how quickly can I do that? And, and how direct a route can I take? And, and seeing what happens, seeing what comes up. Even eight months ago, I didn't know that I would be launching a podcast membership, for example. I didn't know that I would narrow down and niche in that, but it makes sense at the time. So I will follow this for as long as it makes sense. And then if it doesn't bring me joy, it doesn't bring me satisfaction, then there will be something else that that crops up and that I, I go in that direction. And I think that's something that's so tangible for people to take away, that they can listen to their own language and they can change it. And you don't have to pay anyone for this. This is very simple. Start changing your language and following what it is you want instead of following what you don't want. Because people, when they're using language, they tend to not to know what they don't want. And they use that to say, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. But the brain doesn't filter the difference between the negatives and the positives. It just hears the end bit. So instead of saying, I don't want to be overweight anymore, it actually hears, Mm. all it hears is overweight. So you need to change up your language. And it makes you feel better. It totally does. I totally get that. And I really want to say thank you so much for coming on today, Anna. How can people get hold of you? All over social media. 
if you what would be great is if you come and listen to entrepreneurs get visible podcast or buy my book get visible um, and look out for podcasts with impact if you know that you are an emerging or aspiring leader that should be coming out in the next couple of months hopefully um, but come find me. I'm I'm all over Facebook, particularly and LinkedIn. Uh, I'm pretty much a guest on every single podcast in the UK at the moment. So, um, but that's because I know that there's something in my story that someone somewhere might hear that could make a difference, and that's that's really powerful to me. Absolutely. And if I could just finish off asking you the one thing that you would recommend people do right now: stop saying that they can't, and start working out how they can and look at their language closely. Thank you for listening to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson, and if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star iTunes review. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, and become a member of the inspiring, uplifting, and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.